Okay, is anybody else out there struggling or is it just me? Today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about how even if you're positive, even if you're optimistic, you still could be struggling and that's totally okay. There is no question that this year has been one for the books. It has been a challenging year and many of you, like me, have handled it really well. We've been optimistic, we've been hopeful, we've really rose to the occasion. We took this time off of work to do projects and do home renos. We made the best use of the, the cards that were dealt to us. And we, we played our hand and we tried to find the silver lining and reframed constantly and we really, really, really tried to cope well. And that's fantastic. However, when someone is wired to be very optimistic and hopeful, as beautiful as that is, with every strength, there is an area for development. There is a vulnerability. There's a weak spot. And when you're optimistic and hopeful, the weak spot, the vulnerability is sometimes you don't process uncomfortable emotions. For example, anxiety, sadness, and stress. Those emotions can feel uncomfortable and therefore we can interpret those as bad or negative or as a weakness. For example, I feel really anxious because of something I'm going through, but I'm a positive person, so I immediately suppress the anxiety, think positive, and I move forward. That is great in the short term. However, in the long term, that can really affect our physical and our emotional health. And that is what I'm seeing in people around me. After you know eight or nine months of COVID-19 and repeated lockdowns and all these different social isolations and social distancing and all these different protocols and rules and regulations that keep being implemented, I am finding that people are tired, they are lethargic, their bodies are sore. I'm finding that people are moody and irritable. And the reason is, if we don't process our difficult emotions, they are going to show up eventually. And even positive people have their limits. So if this is you, if, this, if I'm speaking your language here and you're understanding what I'm saying, please keep listening because I want to help. And we're not going to blame you for it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's wonderful that you're positive. That is such a strength. But we want to give you the skills to be able to cope so you can survive the season well. I wrote an ebook recently about processing pain. And in it, I talk about how emotions matter. And when I say the word matter, I'm a little bit of a pun person. I like puns. I thought of physical matter. And there is a law called the law of the conservation of mass, which states that matter, physical stuff around us, cannot be created or destroyed. So matter just exists. It always exists, but in a different form. So water is a perfect example. Water cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be vapor, liquid, or solid. So it just takes different forms. And I believe emotions matter, and emotions can be the same. They just take different forms. So if you are someone who sees anxiety, stress, or sadness as a flaw or a weakness, you are vulnerable and prone to suppressing that emotion and just plugging on forward, pulling up your bootstraps, thinking positive. But the problem is those emotions are like matter. They don't get created or destroyed. They just exist. And so if you suppress them, they will show up in a different way. And that can lead to what's called toxic stress. So if we have long-term stress, so for example, this COVID situation is a perfect example of something that's been now, you know, eight or nine months of this. It's long-term 
change, its long-term uh, difficulty, and its long-term unpredictability, because none of us know what's happening from one day to the next. And even positive change can cause stress. So let's just all take the understanding that this has been a stressful season. So it's been long-term, and our bodies respond to that, whether or not we realize it, we get tense, um, our sympathetic nervous system kicks into gear, which is our fight or flight response, and we're on high alert, producing more cortisol, more adrenaline than we normally would, just so that we can focus, just so that we can adapt and learn and grow. Wonderful, but for a long period of time without a relief that can have a toxic stress impact on our bodies. It can literally cause things like muscles to atrophy, it can cause hair loss, it can cause digestive issues, it can cause chest pain, muscle fatigue, and just overall aches and pains. Emotionally, chronic stress or toxic stress can cause issues like irritability, anger, depression, and anxiety. So those emotions that we were trying not to feel because we want to be positive and optimistic and hopeful, we end up feeling, but we end up feeling them in a very deep and dark way because emotions that aren't experienced on the outside will be experienced far more deeply on the inside. I heard a quote recently and I really liked it, that tears that are not cried outwardly are cried inwardly. And that's basically what I'm trying to get at. If we do not process our pain, if we do not address our stress, we are going to feel it. We're just going to feel it in different ways. So if this is you, if you are someone that I'm like, okay, this, I resonate with this. You know, I'm normally really positive, hopeful, optimistic, and lately I've just been feeling really down in the dumps, really easily irritated. My body just has no energy. If this is you, there's hope. I want to give you some strategies of what you can do to start taking care of yourself today. The first thing is name the emotions that you're feeling. Just name it. Like literally, that is an intervention because when we name an emotion, we tame an emotion. So we're not going to suppress anxiety, for example. We're not going to just bury it under the carpet or shove it to the curb. We're going to say, oh, I'm feeling really anxious right now. Just naming it. That in and of itself is validating because you're noticing how you feel. And when we validate emotions, we start to alleviate them. We start to process them. So name the emotion to tame the emotion. That is one way that you can start helping yourself even today. And then make that a pattern for your life. When you're going through things, instead of sweeping it under the rug or suppressing it, just say how you're feeling. I'm feeling really sad right now. I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. I'm feeling very frustrated. Whatever it is, say it. Say it to yourself. Write it down in a journal. Say it to a loved one that you trust. Have somewhere where you can vent that and acknowledge it. Name it to tame it. The second thing is give yourself space for your emotions. So that we've talked about naming it and how that automatically starts to de-escalate your emotion because you validated it, you exposed it. And then you can take it even one step further by giving it space. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to yell, yell. If you need to curl up in a ball in your bed and just vent out your frustrations, do that. Do it in a safe place at a safe time, but give yourself space to process your emotions. It's like turning on a tap. Turn on the tap, let the water flow, and the neat thing is eventually the water just runs out. When you do this regularly as a pattern in your life, you will notice that eventually when you turn on the tap, you'll 
you have expressed the emotion to the point where you're like, okay, I actually feel a sense of relief. Now, if you are someone who has a lot of trauma and a lot of difficult things you've been through, I recommend that you have some other skills to help you through this. Maybe do this with a counselor because you could get possibly triggered. But aside from having trauma that's at the forefront of your thinking all the time, if that is not you, this tip should really be helpful to just regularly in a pattern in your life, give yourself space for your emotions, have some strategies to give yourself space for emotions. Maybe you give yourself a bubble bath and you cry when you're having the bath and then you literally wash away the tears. Some people cry in the shower for that reason and it's a very cleansing process. They're washing away the tears, scream into a pillow, journal out your emotions, have a friend that you can message back and forth Um, to chat about your emotions. Have something that works for you. My next tip is to build in brain breaks. When change is happening all the time, and that's a lot in the world right now, our brains get tired. The muscle memory of our brain when things are routine does not use as much energy as a part of our brain used to learn new things. And because of all the changes with COVID, all the new regulations, all the new news media, all the new research, stuff about vaccines, you name it. All of that is very taxing on our brain. So we need to create space for brain breaks. And that could be something as simple as watching a nostalgic and familiar children's movie. It's not going to take you a lot of mental energy to watch it, and it could possibly be comforting. Going for a walk, you know, doing something that doesn't involve learning. Some people for their self-care like to read books, and that's great, But if it's a book, let's let's say a documentary or something that's very information heavy, that's not a brain break. So I'm talking about things that literally let your brain kind of switch off so that you can rest and give yourself space to thrive. And then my fourth tip is to try to reframe positivity in your life. Now, I'm hoping that I'm encouraging you to set up patterns to name your emotions, to have space for them, and to give your brain some breaks. But another thing that's going to be important is developing a pattern where you understand that it's okay to be sad and that it doesn't mean you're not a positive person anymore. So reframe positivity in your life so that it doesn't become toxic positivity. When we have toxic positivity, we tend to invalidate anything that's negative. So someone, let's say, has a bad day at work, we tell them they just need to try harder or that they just need to be thankful that they even have a job as an example that's toxic positivity whereas healthy positivity would validate how that person is feeling say i'm so sorry you had a hard day how can i help you and then look at some hopeful outcomes so find balance in your life where you always keep your eyes on hope but that doesn't mean you also don't allow space to sit with negative emotions or people that are struggling whether that's yourself or someone else So reframe positivity, that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, that there is balance and that you can still be positive, optimistic, and hopeful while also having sadness, anxiety, or stress in your life. And then my last tip for you today is self-care. If you know any counselor or therapist, you know that we like to preach this from the rooftop. Self-care is very important and it is. And sometimes positive, productive, happy, healthy people Sometimes they can sort of neglect self-care, especially if they're a helper and they focus on other people or if they're very productive and they just get really busy. So I encourage you to carve out space to take care of yourself. I call it soul care because really you're taking care of who you are as a person. Uh, But self-care is a more familiar term. And self-care can include what you do, 
So things like taking time to have a hobby, watch a movie, go for a walk, exercise. It can include what you ingest and that can include food and water. Make sure you stay hydrated. Make sure you eat well. Try to limit alcohol and caffeine intake. And other things we ingest include things like media. How much media are you taking in? Is it helpful and hopeful or is it really stressful? Um, you know, are you watching good movies or only horror films? And that's okay. A little bit of that's okay. But just be mindful of what you're ingesting when it comes to self-care. And then the third thing is it's who we spend time with. You know, we tend to become li like who we spend time with the most. So who is your circle of friends? Are they supportive? Are they helpful? Or are they people that just take from you? Are they people that also give in return? So look at your friends around you. Are you spending time with he happy, healthy, and hopeful people? That is self-care. So all that to say, my hope for you in this season, as trying as it has been, is that it wouldn't just be about being positive and keeping the hope, which is great and wonderful. I don't want you to lose that, but that it would also be about taking care of yourself and acknowledging that it's okay to struggle, acknowledging your limits because we all have them and helping yourself really thrive and not just thrive on the surface, but to thrive from within by taking time to process your emotions and do some self-care. All right. Thank you. I hope this was helpful. And I wish you peace, happiness, and a life full of joy.